So, Chris, the people want to know our secrets. How did we get this podcast started? Yeah, kind of a crazy story. We were both coming into this from the YouTube side, have never really done anything podcast-wise. We looked around, found Anchor by Spotify, really great service. It's completely free to use. They have some great stuff that you can just upload straight onto the website. You can actually record on the website. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome into another episode of Sober in the States. My name is Chris, the MLS card guy, and I am joined as usual by my co-host, Nashi, who's back from Costa Rica. How was Costa Rica, Nashi? Oh, it was brilliant, mate. Yeah, it was um, the first week I was down by the beach doing plenty of surfing, and then the uh, second week headed up to the mountains. So there was a bit of a so rare black hole. It was probably the longest time I've been without like actively checking so rare and kind of playing along every day. So... It was a nice break, but I'm ready. I'm itching to get back into the action now and, uh, yeah, dive back in. How about you? You went out to Maui. Um, did you have a good time out there? Yeah, I think I kind of echo the same thing that you said. Is, is I was kind of, I wasn't gone as long as you were, but I was kind of disconnected from the site. Like I only had one day that I think I even got on and like listed a few things and a few things sold. So that was great. But like I was not focused on MLS at all. There were midweek games. I didn't watch any of them. I was just completely in my like island memories, like island time. Um, so yeah, it's going to be our review uh, segment today. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter, uh, but we do have a guest who is going to help us out a little bit with that review. We have uh, Eight Spade. He runs the Twitter account um, under the same name, Eight Spade, and his name is Nicholas. How are you today, Nicholas? Hi, uh, I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks a lot for, for having me uh in the in the show uh i hope to to be understandable for your listeners yeah it's a real pleasure having you on you run one of the better uh lineup and injury accounts on twitter um like i said he's under eight spade on twitter um so how did you for the people that may not may not know your kind of backstory and how you got into it um kind of where are you from how did you get into sower and how did you get into the mls specifically uh yeah I, i'm from belgium uh in europe so not so so easy for watching the games uh, because of the time hours. Uh, and uh, I discovered SoRare uh, one year ago. So that was in May 2021. And um, I really uh, directly love uh, loved SoRare. But the, the problem when I when I started was that the, the European Championships were about to to end and so i had to to decide if i wanted to 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 wait uh, three months before really playing and enjoying the game or or, or to find a, another solution and this uh, this other solution was uh mls uh, because the mls season was uh, was just beginning uh, so there were a lot of cards to uh, to buy and uh, and I started to 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 play and to watch uh, MLS from uh, from this time on. Yeah, and so was it was it strictly um, so rare that got you excited about the MLS, or was it like the games themselves? Did you find some excitement in the in the league and watching them uh, that really hooked you onto it? Yeah, I uh, I uh, I directly uh, enjoyed the the games because the the MLS is so uh, so entertaining. So the, the games are so so fun to watch. I mean, it's something different 
from what you see in uh, in Europe, but uh, but it's clearly clearly uh, uh, worth uh, watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of the the thing that we've been talking about a lot in terms of just pure entertainment. You can't really beat the MLS. There's so much freedom and attacking play, and then defensively, there's it's a little bit suspect, which. You know, tactically, from a European standpoint, it might stand out. But as a fan, that kind of defensive naivety just makes for an open, fun, exciting game. You feel like there can be a goal at any given moment. And um, yeah. it's really unique in that sense. Do you kind of notice the difference there between, say, the MLS and like the, the Jupiler League that you're kind of more used to? There might be a similar standard, but is it kind of a different style for you? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, all, all games in, in the Jupiler Pro League, uh, are often uh, closed. You know what I mean? Everyone is watching the ball. Uh, nobody wants to to take the risk, and so game is not so uh, so 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 fun to watch because not a lot happens. And then you 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 watch a, a game uh, Cincinnati against uh, uh, Toronto, and you you know you you'll see a lot of goals. So that's. Um, that's sometimes a, a little bit uh, naivety from the from the defense, or or maybe less tactical sense. Yeah, but, uh, but you you see goals. Yeah, exactly, and and that's kind of yeah, like just the whole the whole feel is a little bit different, but in a good way. And have you has Sora kind of helped me really reinforce? Like I really follow Chicago now. My wife's from there, their family, so they're big Chicago sports fans in in all the other sports out here. Have you dialed in on a team that you really like or follow in the MLS um, in your journey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I uh, I bought uh, a lot of players from uh, Colorado Rapids, and then little by little, you became a fan. You become a fan. Uh, you you watch the games. You 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 begin to root for the team, uh, and you you you're part of the of the fan base. Much, yeah, definitely. much sooner that you you had uh, that you had thought. Yeah, mate, absolutely, a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, maybe you'll make a, a trip out to the to the mountains. Bring your bring your ski gear. Yeah, that that, that would be huge. So it's hard to breathe up there too. Yeah. People about don't get like, that about altitude. It's it's crazy. Sorry, go ahead, yeah, Ashi. That's right. Now I was going to say, like, um, being a standard Liège fan. How bit how important do you think Sorare long term is to the clubs themselves? Because obviously it's a historic club, legendary club, but still in a smaller league, the budgets are smaller. And like you said, how now you're in love with Colorado, you're following these players in the MLS. That thing's definitely going to happen in Sorare towards the Belgium, towards the Jupiler League, towards your team, standardly age. Do you think? Yeah. How do you feel as a fan, like bringing more people in? Do you feel like? A little bit defensive, or are you welcome into everybody come over and uh, support the team? No, it, it, I think it, it's great for the for the for the teams, and especially for the for the Jupiter Pro League because we we were the the first league on Sorare, you know, and a lot of people began to to watch uh, games from teams they they have never heard from before, and. I think that the, the the clubs and the leagues in the world should uh, should welcome Sora because they they bring so many fans to to them to them. Yeah, definitely. Like the a little uh, first night I was in Costa Rica, um, we went out to this restaurant. My wife and we're chatting with the server there, and he turned out he's from Argentina, 
and it was during the time when the, the playoffs were going on um thing so he, he's chatting to me about foot his you know football soccer we're talking but then he says oh like what's your team blah 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 i say west ham I say what's your team he says oh river play and because of so rare i know every player in the squad <laughs> yeah. so you could tell him who, who was injured yeah exactly so he was blown away you know like and I, that was a moment where i realized whoa like yeah that's for him it was a trip that i could talk about you know the matchups and even some of the other teams like i just got a couple of argentinos juniors players and he, he was blown away that this british guy knows about his his <laughs> league his team you know And he has no idea that on so rare River Plate players are, are like gods, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a really right. eye-opening um, little exchange there that was pretty cool. Did you hit him with the link, Nashi, to sign up? Nah, nah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do it. <laughs> I, should have, I should have wrote it on the uh, in the. I should have given him an extra yeah. tip and wrote the link in the in the. Wrote out the, the whole the whole URL. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no one in Hawaii cares about soccer, so I did not get to talk about soccer on, on my trip. But um, that being said, we, we did have – Nicholas had watched a little bit at least of the D.C. United-Toronto game, um, which is, is is good. We got the 2-2 draw in that one. What did, what were your impressions of that one, Nicholas? How did how did we look? Uh, both teams were, were, uh, were looking good. I mean – Uh, DC is uh, is better for since uh, since Fontas arrived. Uh, I mean, I yeah. don't know what you if you you saw him, but I, I guess yes. Uh, he, he brings so much uh, creativity, yeah. So so much energy too to the to the team. It's uh, he's he could be a game changer for for DC United. Yeah, he's a big difference maker, and and sadly we need more of those pieces. Um, but that honestly is like the most important position in so rare. And it's the most, one of the most important positions on the actual pitch. So it's a good thing that we locked that one down. It's kind of what Edson Flores was supposed to be. Um, but now it seems like we actually have gotten that. Anything from the Toronto side that stood out to you? I know Osorio yeah. was back. So that was good for my team yeah. at least. I, 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 was so, I was so glad to see uh, Akinola uh, back in the team. And he, he, he directly... Uh, Uh, scored the goal, so that's uh, that's pretty good for for the for the the owners of his card, of course. Uh, and uh, I I found um, that Bono is uh, he, I think he had a, a better season this season, but this game he was uh, he was uh, once again not so not so good, not so confident, not so reliable. With yeah. the um, with with your You are the, the lineup guy there. Do you think, what do you think their front three is going to look like or their, well, their sort of attack is going to look like once Insigne slots in? I'm assuming Jimenez is nailed on and then yeah. um, Insigne is nailed in. But where do, you, where do you see the rest of it shaping up there? That, that, that's an, an interesting question because uh, we, we have Pozuelo in Toronto who doesn't have such a great season so far. And uh, I, I don't know if uh, when Insigne arrives, if um, Bradley won't change uh, the system. Because from now on, they, they don't really play with wingers. I mean, uh, you have Potuelo. He was, he was not there yesterday, but uh, uh, normally he's in the team as a, as a 10. And you have Nelson uh, beside him. But they, they don't use really wingers. And with Insigne coming, I think we could see Insigne on the left, Akinola on the right, 
and Jimenez uh, on the um, uh, on the center forward position. And I'm not so sure you will still have uh, room for uh, Nelson and Pozuelo. Yeah, I think Jaden Nelson is really the loser there because obviously Pozuelo is going to play, and you've still got Michael Bradley and Jonathan Osorio who are kind of more holding midfielders. So that's yeah, kind of your, yeah, yeah. your front six there. There's really not much else. I mean, I, I don't know. Akinola may be in trouble just based on, you know, having been injured for a full year. Um, but he's certainly the one that they have that has the most talent. But you've, yeah. al- you've also got other guys like Schaffelberg and uh, even Marshall Reddy when he Marshall. comes back. And I mean, there's just a ton of young pieces in Toronto where that, that almost might be a rotational position. So I don't even know if I can trust Io at this point, despite the fact that he may be, you know, the best player on the team at this point. <laughs> um so yeah, Toronto is, is definitely an interesting one, and I know Insignia will be here very, very soon. Um, are there any other teams that you're looking at that have kind of, you know, maybe switched their formations around a little bit, or they have new guys playing that weren't playing at the start of the season and guys that you expect to start going forward? Uh, I, I find um, San Jose very interesting to, to see since the, they changed the coach uh, because, you, you know, Almeida was... Uh, kind of a little bit crazy or of trying to get fired I don't know but the the, the the lineups in the in the first part of the season for San Jose were were very very difficult to to imagine or to foresee and since the the new coach came uh, you you see much more um, uh, consistency in the team yeah. so it's always when you begin to settle the things uh, down, that the team became becomes to uh, begins to to play uh, to play better. You you have the same with Montreal. They were struggling in the in the beginning of the season because the the coach the manager was always changing the positions, always changing the names. And once he begins he begins to have his nailed on starting eleven, things go very very much uh smoothly smoothly yeah so i want to so with montreal they're playing in Concacaf champions league so they had to yeah. rotate in order to just keep their players somewhat fresh uh that's not really a thing that happens too much in mls now with san jose you're right he matias almeida was just trying to do anything to leave there honestly <laughs> um since they've gone and settled the the formation of it they settled the names a bit who do you think is the biggest winner of that moving forward? Who who has kind of come out of that as, as a winner? Uh, for the moment, it's Remedy because you you didn't see him uh, when Amada was the was the manager or nearly never see him saw him. Um, the the thing is that uh, they have Jetson coming back, so that could be uh, a threat for. For remedy, but uh, on the on the on the other part of the field, uh, Kid Cowell seems to to become a, a nailed on starter, uh, and I was a, a little bit afraid of it because the first game he wasn't on the pitch. Right. He, he played with uh, uh, Gregus Montero, Ewell, uh, Espinosa, and Ebobisi, of course, and. Right now, you can see that Gregus just missed two games. Remedy was the uh, the de- defensive midfielder, and so things are settling down. 
and I'm a little bit afraid for for uh, Jan Gregus for the moment. Uh, for example, I, I really would love to see him start uh, this uh, this uh, tonight in order to uh, to worry less about him. Perfect. And just so that we know, we're recording this on Sunday, so they have a bunch of games that are going yeah, on tonight um, that we don't know the actual outcomes of. So not a whole lot to talk about as far as um, past games. I want to go ahead and get into kind of kind of one of the cool things that I thought, one of the unique things that I thought that you had put out there. And you're doing this, uh, this Road to Gaga thing. So kind of explain to me what that is and, and why you're deciding to do that. Yeah. Uh, as you know, uh, I try to to make the the lineup predictions for the for the MLS uh, every game week, or at least every every weekend, because midweek midweek games is a little bit uh, too much for me. But uh, while I really love and enjoy doing this, two uh, or three weeks ago, uh, I got the feeling that some day at some point I could lose the the motivation to do this because uh i think that you know that it takes a lot of time to yeah. track all info about injured people uh, injured players about who is uh good who is not so good uh looking at the the pressures from the from the managers to 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 see uh with which players uh is pleased uh, on which players he could be angry, so it it takes a lot of time, and I I had the the sensation that I had to to put uh, a goal uh, to to keep me uh, uh, motivated, and that's that's why I, I imagined the the road to Gaga. Gaga so this is, is the, yeah, I was going to say this is the first I just before you were talking about it. Do you, what exactly is the uh, process? You, what's the what is the road? Can you just explain a little bit um, what what you're doing there? Yeah, the, the the point is to to get the the Gaga. The, this is uh, Gabriel Slonina, the goalkeeper from Chicago. He's an incredible talent. Uh, he just announced uh, this week that he chooses to play for America for the United States. And not for uh, for Poland because he's a, a dual. Uh, yeah, he has the the dual nationality. He could play for both teams. Um, he's just turned uh, eighteen years old, and I really think he, he has a bright future. So the problem with such a good goalkeeper, uh, which is so young, is that the price of his rare card is uh, pretty pretty high. So I, I decided to, to try to get his card, uh, and put this road on, road to Gaga, uh, uh, on my, uh, on my agenda. So basically what you've done is come out on Twitter and say, you know, kind of try to leverage the community a little bit and, and see if people can kind of give you a donation or help you out a little bit. Um, and, yeah. and if the idea being, if you get enough of these people to, you know, help out and, and contribute a little bit of, of their winnings towards helping you, since you're helping them, you know, with all the lineups and everything, um, yeah. then eventually you'll get to this, you'll get to this huge prize, which you wouldn't be able to, to get to on your own. That's it. I, I put, uh, I have three, three ways to, to get to the card. So I decided to, uh, focus my cards 
on the global all-star uh, RAR division because you get thresholds, uh, you know, when you get uh, uh, 205 points or 250 points. So I sometimes, I don't know if that's the case for you guys, but I, I sometimes um, have the, the bad idea of putting my best cards in regional divisions. And regularly, I miss the uh, the thresholds because uh, I played with a common goalkeeper in this uh, in this division, or I put uh, a player uh, I was not sure was about uh, was about to start the game, and so on. Do you do that? Yeah, mate, I do exactly the same thing, and I think what I kind of have done and fallen into the trap of. I just assume that ah, oh, it's kind of easy to get the 250, 205, no problem. You know, so it's my last priority in the lineup. And I've found recently the same kind of thing is it's not that easy. You know, you have to actually, no. it's harder than it kind of seems. You think, oh, everyone just bang on for 50. My captain just get a decisive and then, you know, easy money kind of thing. But yeah, it's definitely not right. You get one, if you're kind of, say, especially if you stick in a common goalkeeper in there, one sort of DMP or even someone on the bench, and you're kind of up against it already, just to just to grind it out. So yeah, it's definitely something that people should should pay attention to, and definitely a, a place where I think I'm personally leaking kind of kind of money too. So yeah, you're you're, you're not alone there, mate. Yeah. So that's that's one way to to get um, to get uh, Ethereum to 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 get the the rare card of of Gabriel Slonina. So I I try to 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 sponsor my lineups. You know the lineups I do uh, every game week. I put them on Twitter. Uh, everybody can see them and uh, and use them, and so I decided to try to to find sponsors to uh, to get their logo on the on the lineup predictions and to to get more more visibility. So that's the the second uh, the second way to to gather Ethereum, and uh, the third point uh, was to to ask from the community if they want to be part of the project. And if they want to to support uh, the, what I'm doing, because I, I do that all for for free uh, actually, and uh, it, it takes me a lot of time. I, I think that it's from uh, of some interest for the for the software managers playing uh, playing MLS cards, uh, and so I I would like to 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 let the the, the people support me and uh, and help me to to get to the to the Gaga card. Yeah, that's I think that's, really, yeah, go uh, ahead, Chris. I was just saying, it's a really creative way of um, kind of doing it. And I don't think that like, like it's a tough thing for people creating content or giving information to kind of, because there's no two ways about it. Even though we love so rare and, you know, it's a passion of ours. It's still, yeah. if you're doing something like yourself, it takes a lot of time. And eventually, if that time doesn't feel like a priority or there's not enough coming back, for that for the time you're putting in eventually yeah you will get unmotivated and not just yourself but everyone everyone who benefits from your hard work is going to lose out too so i think it's kind of a thing you're banking on the awareness of the community of the value that you're providing and i think a lot of people making content and yeah i mean i've, I've met a lot of these the top content creators and it's still the same kind of conversation it's really hard to not not justify it because but after a while it it can only be a passion project for so long before people start to question, oh, is this worth my time putting into this thing? 
And if everybody stops doing that, the community as a whole, all of us lose out. So I think it is something to bring awareness to that we should kind of support each other. And people are, if there's someone out there who's providing something that you're benefiting from, whether through entertainment or through in information and strategy, you should be willing to support that person um, because that, that's the reality of the landscape. And yeah, and I think that's a really creative way that you've done it there. And I actually didn't know about it before you just explained that. And that's, uh, yeah, that's really cool and really interesting. I wonder if that kind of concept will, will catch on because it's kind of cool to, if I'm supporting you and I know there's a clear goal of where that money is going, you know, and it's going to be part of your team and help you build your gallery. That almost feels nicer to me, more connected than if, you know, you're going out and spending it on a load of beers at the bar, which I'd also support, but it's a, it's a different thing. You know, it keeps it within the ecosystem. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really brilliant, mate. Do you have, um, do you have thoughts? What if, what if Gargoyle gets that uh, transfer that he's been talking about? Is that going to, is that going to impact the impact the road for, for a little hole in the road there, or what's going to happen there? I don't think so. I really think that if he he, he moves or is transferred to Europe uh, in the summer, there will be some loan back option in in the contract because he is so young. He has so much to 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 learn, and he, he has to play. I mean. Uh, if he goes to Europe to to be with the B team and uh, and be second goalkeeper for Arsenal or no it, it's Turner already but uh, for for Chelsea or or, or, or even Leeds uh, he, he won't progress as much as as uh, as he will be in in uh, in the MLS and as we as we already said uh, a little earlier MLS is great for the goalkeeper I mean they face a lot of shots. They have a lot of of work to do, so that's very important for their their development. To um, in in the case of Gaga, or uh, in any case, it would be good for his development to to stay in uh, in Chicago, even if he knows that uh, in two years or he will be uh, it will be in Europe. And he may even be ready for Europe in two years. You don't you never know with, with guys like this. I mean, Gigi Buffon started at such a young age too. You never know. You know, yeah. I mean you think of goalkeepers being older type of guys, but sometimes you just you just get ones that are that are pretty young that, that have just got it figured out for whatever reason. Um but yeah, getting back to, to kind of the, the road to Gaga here. I mean, I, I obviously think this is a great idea. This is why we have you on the show here to to talk to talk about where you are as a, as a content creator and, and how you're trying to um, kind of leverage the community to, to help you out a bit. Because like, like Nashi said, even though this is something that we do uh, for the love of it, for the passion of it, um, at some point you are providing a service like you are giving a lot of value to people. And if you're the type of person that, you know, every single week before you set your lineup, you're going on and, and checking out um, what Nicholas has done, Definitely support him. Definitely give him that 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 love and that credit. And even if it's something where you don't have a lot to to support him with at this point, um, one of the ideas that I was kind of toying around with was, hey, every time you win an ETH threshold, you know, give ten percent of that to your to your content creator. You know, give him point zero zero one. It won't it won't feel like much. It'll be a couple dollars, you know. But you just won it. It's not something that you've already you know had saved away or anything. Um, and it, I, it can make a big the, difference the, if everyone kind of does that. I saw the tweets you, you made about it, and, and thank you, thank you very much for for that. Because uh, I I think that the the people um, 
the, the, don't imagine how much time it can it can be and of course i i do it for 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 the passion of of the of sora and of mls uh, or or otherwise uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't do that but when you uh, receive uh, as as little as uh, 0.001 uh, ethereum it, it's it feels like uh, like gold because it uh, it shows that the the, the people uh, really enjoyed the, the the service of the the work uh, and the uh, I, I provide and uh, I think that uh, gratitude is uh, is very important for for us uh, content creators. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing, and and I know I I've tweeted about it, and, and Nashi wasn't really aware of this or we didn't talk about this or anything on the show, but I actually have my own YouTube channel um, and we have a Patreon that ha- the people do the same type of thing, right? They, they see our content on or my content on YouTube and they want to support me and they want to help me out with things like editing software and new cameras and that kind of thing. So we do have a little bit of a smaller, you know, it's not huge. It's just a little monthly budget. Um, but we're actually, so I was on vacation this week. I had, or this this week I was on vacation. I've been super, super busy this month with, with everything and haven't really gotten to YouTube. So we're actually, I'm going to use the, the budget for this month to actually donate it to this road to Gaga to show kind of where we're coming from and, oh, that's... and kind of, kind of give you a little bit of the love that you deserve because you really do put out some great content and I want to kind of lead, I want to lead by example. So um, I'm going to actually take our budget for this month and we're just going to donate it straight to you and, and we'll get you the details of that after the show. But um, we, we do really want to say thank you because you do create a lot of great value in the community. <laughs> that's that's very nice from you. <laughs> I didn't expect that, but thank, thank you very much. It's really, really appreciated. Of course, of course. And and like you said, it's just to say thank you to, to continue to, you know, put in the hard work that, that you do each and every week. Um, definitely one of the best uh, lineup and, and information and injury guys out there. So if you don't follow him already, um, his link will be in the description of the show notes in order to find him on, on Twitter, but he is 8spade, which uh, the actual handle is H-U-I-T-D-E-P-I-Q-U-E um, on Twitter, and, and we'll yeah, put a link in the description. That's 8 of spade in, uh, in French, uh, actually. There you go. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's an awesome thing. Um, definitely consider helping him out on, on his road to, to Gaga there. Um, Nashi, did you have any other questions about about this road to Gaga thing? No, nah, man. Just yeah. I, like I said, I've, I've been a bit out of the loop, but uh, I think it's a really brilliant idea, creative, and yeah, like when you're providing the value, it's a little bit. I mean, we've all been there. Like you know, we all like to if you, if you don't have to go to that extra effort and give that five, ten, twenty bucks or whatever, it's more about the effort than anything. But I think if people really connect with how much time and effort it's taking um, people, then I think that's the key. Where you just go. All right, whatever. Screw it. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna set up this thing. I'm gonna send it over. I'm gonna go out my way. And and yeah, I think it's just a good thing if we all support each other. And yeah, I mean, I'd, in an in an ideal world, um, it's kind of the same with the poker thing. Like people like Nicholas are, are bringing the whole level of play up. You know, people are missing DMPs. And uh, if you're not using it, eventually you're going to be getting you're going to be suffering in the competitions and stuff. So there's there's clear value there. And and yeah, anyone doing anything in so rare, I'm I'm all about it. Um, there was something I wanted to talk about because I kind of missed the firestorm of, and obviously women's soccer is a big thing in the US um, and it's been toyed with coming onto the platform. I kind of missed the whole thing uh, being out there on vacation. So 
you guys have any thoughts you want to kind of catch me up on what um, what's kind of been going on there yeah so we actually talked about in in the last episode as i'm calling it uh with uh hoodwink last week uh and we had bob filling in as a guest host we talked about this women's football thing uh, we didn't actually get to save the recording which is a real shame because it was a great conversation um so we didn't have an episode last week but we talked about the survey that went out kind of asking if people would be open to integrating the women's side into the men's side, which to me kind of obviously signals like it's coming and it's, it's, they have plans to do this imminently. Um, and the way that they worded it in the survey itself was we've done research and these guys score basically the same as, as the girls do. Um, so is it okay if we just kind of mesh them all together? And in my view, that's fine as long as they all scored together. But what had come out on Twitter, um, and I can't remember who was leading the charge on, on that one, so it slips my mind. I apologize. But um, it had come out that, you know, the Barcelona stack had won all 25 of their games or whatever by something like five goals apiece, and their stack would just be super overpowered. Um, and it would kind of ruin the game if, if that's true. And if that's, you know, if, if we're going to see Barca women start putting up 90s every single game, that's going to obviously make them incredibly valuable if you if you include them in, in the men's side and it'll kind of break the game a little bit. Um, so it was kind of this discussion of do we want to integrate women's football into the men's side? And if we do, is there some way that we can balance it and kind of make it still fair uh, to both the men's and the women's sides of the game? What are your thoughts about this, uh, Nicholas? That's uh, that's a a good point to 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 promote women's football. I mean that's uh, that's very great. And uh, Sora already uh, told months ago that they they wanted to do that, uh, and I think it's it's important. But I I can understand the um, uh, the worries of the of the people seeing that uh, there are so much so many. Uh, football teams women football teams uh that are um, crushing their um, their championship that it it could be uh, a little bit uh, unbalanced if you if you begin to to mix uh women cards with uh with men cards so i think sora has to has to think about it uh very very thoroughly yeah, and I think that's kind of the the idea is do you, I mean, it seems like women's is coming, which is a, obviously, like you said, a great thing, and that'll really help to promote the women's game. And hopefully we'll be able to pull more people into actually watching the women's game, which is a lot bigger over here in the States than it maybe is over in Europe. It's definitely coming along in Europe. We talked a lot about that with Hoodwink, how it was never really a thing, and now it's kind of it's kind of coming through, and you're getting a few more people involved. But here... Yeah. Obviously, with our national team being so dominant and the NWSL being pulling ratings very similar to the MLS as far as TV ratings, um, there's obviously a much bigger passion for it here. And this might be kind of a step in the American direction, um, trying to get more of that American market, uh, which I think is only only really a good thing, trying to draw more people in that, that will be able to play the game and, and maybe eventually we even turn women's fans into men's fans because I was talking with uh, with the boys last week and I know a ton of people who are women's national team fans that won't watch a men's game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that dichotomy and if, if it even brings over a few more people into into the men's side of things. Um, what are your what are your kind of thoughts on this Nashi? Would you like 
Would you combine them? Would you keep them separate? Would you combine them once a month? How would you kind of go about adding women's to this to the site? It's actually, I mean, coming in just hearing you guys go back and forth, it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a tricky subject to touch on without sort of putting your foot in your mouth. But I think a way to approach it that maybe I haven't heard yet is like, I think you nailed it with the American versus European, I guess, sentiment to women's football. Meaning that I think since I've been over here and I played in college and the women's infrastructure around soccer, football here is, is rolling. You know, there's respect within the college for the women's team. And then you go up to the next level, the professional and the national team is revered over here. And coming from the UK where football as a sport is way bigger than here, I, this sort of sentiment is not quite there for women's football, at least from my experience growing up. I wonder if it's the same in sort of Belgium um, with you, Nicholas, but I think there is an actual split between sort of sentiment towards women's football. So I'd imagine that, and that might be based in sort of naivety, ignorance, and obviously definitely all for progression. Um, And and, and you can see what it's done for these smaller leagues. It's, it's the same idea. You know, you, you might, might, people might have talked about the MLS in sort of a disparaging way, from the European standpoint, um, prior to SoRare, so maybe it can have that same same impact where people, it opens people's minds, they appreciate the hard work that these women are putting in and stuff like that. But I can definitely see it being a touchy point in terms of, and I, I think there would be kind of a split between maybe even European sentiment towards merging them together. So the US fans are more used to women's soccer being integrated in the sort of sport, sporting sphere than uh than we are so so yeah it's a very difficult one to navigate from strictly so rare point of view it seems like i intuitively want to treat it like a different sport and then maybe the same as we're talking about with a baseball where you're you can integrate mixed games where you might be able to mix the two teams in a special weekly and stuff like that it seems like the smartest way to go or it seems like a little bit of a risk to just pilot on there especially yeah like you've got these teams i know they just dominate uh, the women's game and it, it just looks a bit weird there's already that thing people have to get their head around why like a carlos heel is worth as much as a you know leon goretzka or these um famous european players and you kind of can get the stomach around that but people have a little bit of a weird sentiment to that but i think if you came in and you had these uh women's soccer collectibles being worth three times as much as a as a Neymar or something, I think for when new people on board, it might it might be something that sort of seems a bit weird about the platform. So I think it's it's a tricky one. We won't know until it's kind of happened. I think definitely introduce the women is just I guess the input uh, implications of of that on the on the game that we already know and love. So yeah, I mean I I, I don't have any educated input, but that's kind of my my gut tells me um, just listening to what you guys are saying there. So what you've just said about Carlos Heel being worth as much as Leon Goretzka, that's kind of it, kind of the argument for integrating it, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's it's weird that Carlos Heel is the same as Goretzka, but we're okay with it now. We're used to it. Um, and that's kind of the same way that it would end up being with women's. Like, yeah, um, some of these some of the Barcelona ladies may be worth as much as Lionel Messi, but <laughs> You know that that's not weird anymore for like an MLS or or K League or J League player 
to be worth the same amount you know you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah i guess my my yeah. point was like it's not it's not weird for the existing user base but if we're expecting a big amount of growth and new eyes on it i still think that like if i joined today not knowing anything and i was scrolling through the auctions and i'm seeing like you know a, a atletico madrid like a coke you know one of the top midfielders in europe for a long time spain national team selling right. for 500 bucks and then the auction after it's um, Carlos Hill, I've never heard of uh, before, so rare, and he's selling for 20 times as much. It might just seem a little bit wacky, you know, it might not intuitively make sense. And it put in terms of the onboarding process, it might be a little bit of a, a sticking point. I don't know. I mean, yeah, for us, I think it will be a lot more fluid because you just rip up so rare data, take a look at their last 40, and be like, all right, she's worth that much. And it, right. and it might. It might just become more of a thing. But if you're marking it to the football fan, the soccer fan, yeah, just something that came to my mind. Maybe maybe you are right. Maybe people will just intuitively understand it. Um, do you have any thoughts, Nicholas, on sort of like the the difference between like um, European sentiment towards like the women's game versus like how big and revered it is already kind of in the US relatively? Yeah, yeah but f- first, I, 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 I'd like to, to say that I think that uh, Sorar is is asking uh, this uh, survey uh, about men with women because they probably uh, are afraid that the the woman cause won't be and it will surely be the case uh, as popular as the men uh, as the men's card and if they they use them only in a in a in a separate competition they they probably think that. A lot of people, a lot of existing software managers uh, won't even care about it. So I, I understand the point of view to, to try to, to, um, to, to awake more interest for the, for those, uh, for those cards. And that being said, I think that the idea of Chris, uh, to, to try to, to, to mix them maybe one month a week, uh, one day, uh, one, one time uh, a month. Could be a could be a, a good idea to to see how it uh, how it could uh, how it could uh, be possible to to mix the the, uh, the bo- both versions of the uh, of the cards. Not only that, but it'll kind of provide more of a soft landing instead of just hey, there are now women's cards on the market. You can buy them at whatever price you want. Now you have some sort of price reference to say, okay, well, if I get these three Barca players they'll be worth so much because I can win so much in this mixed tournament. And now, you know, I, I kind of get a more of a feel of how much they should be worth versus just, well, here's a whole new thing and here's a whole brand new market. We don't really know how much, you know, we don't know how much the ceiling is. We don't know how much we can win. So we don't really know how much these cards should be worth in the end. Yeah. Um, so if you kind of tie it a little bit to the men's market, that makes it easier to say, okay, like, like now she was saying, okay, we pull up the last 40, she scores X amount. So she's worth X amount, you know? Um, so I think that's an, that's an interesting idea. That's probably why you're right. That's probably why they want to um, combine them and, and, and make them into more of one thing. Now, something that they may not be able to combine and make one thing is, is baseball. That's going to be a whole different thing. Obviously it's already announced. Uh, another thing that we talked about on the last episode was just kind of getting that getting that baseball side of things going and what that's going to look like. It's going to be a whole new market, and honestly, it's 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 a really exciting market as well. 
when you really take a look and think about how they're going to start going for the American buyer um, and, and how this kind of could potentially snowball into more of a, you know, not, not necessarily just a niche thing for hardcore soccer fans. We've, they've talked about being an entertainment, you know, sports entertainment company as a whole. And instead of just being hardcore soccer fans, this expands the base to potentially, potentially hardcore baseball fans as well. Is this something that um, you're excited about, you don't care about, you are a little worried about maybe crashing the market? What are your thoughts on, on this one, Nicholas, on baseball? Uh, I, I'm not worried about, about it. Uh, I'm not really excited either because uh, I have to, to admit that I, uh, I never watch uh, baseball, uh, even not uh, in the Olympics. So it's not really uh, interesting for me, but I think that it's really huge uh, for Soria because uh, as, you, as you told, as you, as you said, uh, they, they, will, uh, they will target a, a totally new market for, for, uh, for them. And this could really bring a lot of people, uh, a lot of American people uh, into Soria uh, people who, who maybe don't care about soccer, about football, and so don't care about Sora uh, right now. Yeah, I think like what what happened with me with um, the football, the soccer side of Sora was it was almost a light bulb moment on like the potential of like integrating how like the blockchain can actually help me in like a practical way to enjoy something as a hobby more. And I think like the the biggest thing that maybe will be the breakthrough is like people come to this platform because they love baseball and then they'll interact with it and they'll first like see that oh actually like this thing there's people hear about blockchain there's crypto and nfts and there's all mixed sentiment about it but when you've got a product that kind of just shows you how we can now integrate my hobbies use this use this platform to make me enjoy my hobby more and understand how I can own these collectibles and then watch them play and enjoy them. And I think like, yeah, like the sky is kind of the limit as you bring in new sports. But I don't think that, I don't think that like there's going to be that like um, crossover where like money is going to leave the football market to go to the baseball and back and forth like that. I think it's just going to bring a whole bunch of new fans. And not only are they going to be fans of the platform, but I think it'll just open a lot more people's minds to the concept of, kind of what so rare are trying to do and that can only be good i think for so rare and similar projects platforms because i'm kind of the same i was kind of in and around crypto like but not fully educated and I always had that thing in the back of my mind like i understand the blockchain but how is it going to actually create value for me how's it going to make my life better you know and so rare was the first thing where i was like slam dunk without this i wouldn't enjoy football as much i wouldn't enjoy it it's now a top hobby of mine and i think like that process is just going to bring a lot of people closer to um to the space in general and yeah like i think i think it's really exciting like the, the baseball side of it like i said I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as nicholas i haven't had i don't know much about baseball it's i, I actually enjoy basketball um american football um golf even but baseball is the one where i'm least interested in from a fan but i'm not again like you, I might have said the same thing about the MLS three, four, five years ago, you know? So I'm open-minded to, and it'll be a real test almost to 
self-fulfilling test. Like if if in two years' time we're sat here chatting about the baseball lineups or the baseball games in the week, then it'll be a real proof of a concept for so rare. So, so Nash, yeah, you're gonna be that. you're gonna be telling me about who had a suicide squeeze and who double stole second and third on the same play and did all this stuff for the Matrix. I I believe you're gonna be a, a true believer in, in a couple of years here. It might happen, mate. Yeah, it's a scary <laughs> proposition, but it might, it might happen. Um, so I got, yeah, I think. I got, yeah, go ahead, Chris. What, what are well, I just, I just wanted to add one more thing on, on that really quickly, and that's that's kind of the demographic issue here, which I, I've seen a lot of people talk about how baseball brings in a bunch of new people, and that's great. Um, however, the demographics of baseball are a lot different from the demographics of football, and especially here in the u.s in the u.s soccer is a very is not really niche anymore it is more mainstream but it's still kind of like former niche like it used to be very niche and now most of the people who are willing to accept soccer and who have been soccer fans were younger when they accepted it so you you're looking at guys you know at least below 50 um that are that are your typical soccer fans whereas baseball is a much more traditional sport it's got a much more mature older fan base uh and it's got a lot more you know it's a lot less you know young and and exciting and and those are kind of the people that i at least view as people willing to try something like sora would be somebody who's younger and wants to be on the platform but even like you look at our viewership you look at the youtube channel viewership for for us and it's really a lot of younger type of people it's it's not really a lot of older people so i am kind of not concerned because there are still younger baseball fans. They're just a lot fewer and farther between, but also I think we need to just realize that, you know, baseball card collecting is a, is a huge, huge, huge thing here, but it's also not huge with younger people typically. So maybe there is some of this, some of this crossover to where we get some older people, potentially uh, we get some, you know, maybe even some, some people that are um, not really, bought into the to the crypto thing do you think so rare can kind of sell themselves as almost not crypto like they've been selling themselves as this crypto blockchain thing but now if you're trying to sell that to someone who thinks that that's an evil word and that anything that's associated with nfts must be a scam is is there some way that they kind of like pull back that marketing a little bit and and kind of go in a different direction what are your thoughts on that Nashi? yeah i mean i i actually it's kind of weird because i i kind of intuitively understand what you're saying about the older demographic but you can almost there's also some positives in that and that's kind of what i was saying about what happened with me is like and friends of mine who had no idea what the blockchain was or had any involvement in crypto they played so rare and then now they understand that oh they they own the card you know it's not fee for ultimate team they own the card and they understand that by playing they started playing because they love soccer and they just put their credit card on put a bit of money on and they and i think that like Although it might be an older demographic, that's kind of what I'm saying. Sometimes you need a product like so rare to open up the mind of someone who might be a bit ignorant to the they don't need to understand the blockchain to benefit from it with so rare. And I think that like intuitively people are smart enough to do that. Benefits of an older demographic is they have more money. That's the other thing. Like the, the so rare demographic's not super young because it's pretty expensive to play. So you need you're not getting like 17, 18 year olds right piling on money on so rare just strictly because the barrier to entry and i mean that brings up an interesting point there's almost this natural like um age <laughs> age terms of use where like you can't have kids 
gambling on so rare because it takes so much money at the minute and it's kind of like a natural buffer, which is kind of funny. But I think, yeah, I, I think that it's maybe in the short term, you might, the people might be getting stuck on them, the ideas of, you know, is scary, is it a scam, is it this thing? But as sort of it snowballs and more people use it, it it's pretty intuitive after a short while of being on so rare what's happening, why the blockchain is relevant, but you're not really invested in a blockchain. You're just, you're just, that's just the way that you can show you own these collectibles. And if it's all about collecting, you need the verified ownership. And that's what SoRare provides that no other company 10 years ago could. So I think it could go either way. Um, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, but maybe I'm a bit optimistic about it. But um, yeah, I, I think that it could completely break through a lot of people's um, sort of not prejudices about the blockchain and NFTs and stuff, but I think it will be an eye-opening experience maybe for that older demographic. And it, and it happens in all technology areas, you know, like 15 years ago, my, my grandparents didn't want to have cable because they thought it was, yeah. you know, bad and a conspiracy and the government. And then <laughs> now, they're, now they're sat there watching 10 hours of Breaking Bad or whatever every weekend. So yeah. it, 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 sometimes you need the the products to come through, and and eventually they can they can change their minds. And yeah, I'm optimistic. I think I'm pretty excited about just to just to kind of see what happens um, with uh, it. I will put you. Did you have anything to add, Nicholas? First? Oh no, what you what you say is uh, is full of uh, of uh, good sense. So I, yeah, I kind I'm of agree put, with that. Yeah, I'm gonna put Chris on the spot right now. So Chris, do you think that the women's game being added is closer to being like a new uh, men's league like but a more obscure one say like the ukrainian league or it's closer to adding baseball to the in, to the infrastructure i.e is it more of a different sport to you or is it close enough to men's soccer that it's kind of the same you, you treat it like a smaller league potentially that in within the men's game it's probably somewhere in between but where's your gut say you and i know it's put you on the spot you might you might get cancelled. I'm not sure how, how that will work. <laughs> I don't plan on hopefully saying anything that'll get me cancelled. I mean, I honestly don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm one of the few Americans that is not um, a women's national team like watcher. I don't watch them every time they're on TV. I watch the men's team every time they're on TV, but I, I just, for whatever reason, have not gotten into the women's. I watched the Women's World Cup, but I've, I don't think I've ever seen a club game before. Um, I'm just, to focus on the men's time and honestly i don't have a, a lot of time to to uh to go into anything else really um but to me naturally intuitively it feels like adding more of like a, a different league because they're you know each league has their own playing style we talked about it earlier with the mls being a very open less defensive game whereas you go to brazil and you see two two goals and it's you know madness it's a it's a wild game if it's two two um, so, I mean, I think there is a lot of built-in, you know, variability between the different leagues on the men's side of things. And so, and, th and there's also giants on the men's side, right? Like Ajax, everybody knows Ajax is a cheat code. Everybody knows Bayern Munich is a cheat code. So what's to stop Barcelona women's team from being a cheat code as well? So I think it's more of a um, different league than a brand new sport because a brand new sport well, I, I, I don't know. There, there could be different things in women's, like there could be just a whole lot of interceptions or there could be 
a whole lot of lost possessions. I, I don't know. I don't watch enough women's soccer to really get that feel. But assuming that it's somewhat similar to the men's side as far as, you know, you know, assuming that the matrix doesn't need tweaked at all, I should say, um, I think it'll just be adding a different league. Whereas baseball, you're going to have to add, you know, average. You're going to have to add stolen bases. You're going to have to add home runs, doubles, slugging percentage, all these different things. And you'll kind of have to weight those against each other. You're building a brand new matrix for that. So I think that's a little a little bit different of a, of a proposition. I will say on, on the baseball topic and adding the baseball, you know, as a thing, I have been very open with people in my life about, you know, what I play on. I play so rare. I, I create content for it. Um, and I'm obviously a, a really huge soccer fan and I've been really open about, you know, how well I've done because obviously you can see it on uh, it's public knowledge, right? You can see how well I've done. And I'm very open about that with people in my life. And only one person has joined so rare to play the soccer side of things because of how much I've made and because of the monetary potential. And that's my dad who thinks and acts a lot like I do and has a very small account that he doesn't really do too much with. But whenever I'm in town, I kind of, we kind of go over players and we see how his team's doing and everything like that. However, when I told people that they were adding baseball, I had four different people say, Oh, I might, I might give that a try. I don't like soccer, but I might try baseball. I might, I might actually, you know, attempt to uh to play that side because a lot of i mean i know a bunch of people play fantasy baseball so um yeah i think it's a it's a great you know thing it's a great topic to to discuss and and i'm sure there'll be more coming out about this we're slated to get them sometime during the summer so it shouldn't be too too long that we have to wait for that which will which will definitely be exciting um did you have any anything else to add on on there nashi no, I was going to say, you, you might um, have a career in, as a politician in the future. You managed to skirt <laughs> around that quite uh, expertly. I thought I'd stitched you up there. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can lie that well. <laughs> yeah, I'm too well, honest, man. I'm way too honest <laughs> to be a politician. No, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is interesting. And I, I guess um, I guess change is scary, but exciting and, and so rare and sort of in life as well. So um, I guess we'll, whoever reacts and whoever makes the best judgments on on um on these new things there's always a lot of opportunity you know there'll be some winners yeah. some losers, but um i think it's exciting um for sure yeah i, I mean I, that's... I, th- I think that we we can be sure of something is that uh if uh this uh this changes uh are not so good i'm sure that uh soa will uh, will react and uh, and adapt uh things so yeah. I'm not. I'm not too worried about uh, about changes and so on. Yeah, and I think we honestly owe them the benefit of the doubt at this point. They've done so many things well, and obviously, change is going to break some eggs. But hopefully, we get some uh, some better omelets out of them that that everybody can enjoy. Um, so our last little topic here. Um, obviously, we have our predictology um, that we had from two weeks ago because we did not have an episode this past week. Um, so John sent me over his his little email thing here. Um, so he, we were looking at NYC two weeks ago in their game. Um, I don't even know who they were playing. It was a while ago. <laughs> um, New York City was looking like a comfortable favorite, and they ended up winning two nothing. So a good call there. He also called Charlotte against Montreal, which is actually a game that I picked differently. I went with Montreal in that game. Uh, and Montreal did end up winning 2-0, so we got that one over the numbers. So high five 
to me on that one. Uh, New York Red Bulls stunning away form to come to an end in Philadelphia. It ended 1-1, um, but Carranza had a goal disallowed late that would have been the winner. Um, he did say the draw no bet market, so that's technically a zero on that one. He said Rail Salt Lake are very good at home. They got a win and only conceded one goal. Colorado are 83% better defensively at home. They won 2-0 on the clean sheet. And then he said attacking Atlanta stacks should be pretty good against New England. There were four goals, uh, two for Atlanta. So a uh, Tiago Almeida was the standout from the Sower perspective with a goal and an assist. And good looks for Luis Arujo, who has been on a tear lately because I own him and have been paying attention. Uh, and so the E was pretty good on that one. So all in all, not a bad week. They missed the Montreal against Charlotte game, but uh, that was very good from John. He's got, so this next weekend, which will end up being the weekend of May 29th, he's got a few picks for us. So we'll, I'm going to just say the pick and then we'll kind of just go over. Um, we'll just kind of get you guys' thoughts on, on what's, what's about to happen. So he says the standout pick is LAFC who at the time of writing lead the MLS with eight wins and 26 points. Anything above 1.44 for the win would be value, but he's taking LAFC to win by two goals or more. Um, what do you guys think about LAFC uh, next week? I'm going to look up who they're playing. So. Oh, um, LAFC against San Jose, we look in? San Jose, yeah. I mean, San Jose are just a kind of a mad team. Like, I feel like we talked about them a little bit earlier, and like I feel like you never know what you... I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I mean, not to go against him, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if San Jose got a result because yeah. they're just... LA. LA's a team that, are, you know, on the front foot, they've got really good attacking pieces. But sometimes, like, a team like San Jose, when they're sort of set in, if they can sort of counter-attack and they've got the pieces to get goals. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I uh, Yeah, two goals. I, I see San Jose scoring, so I don't know. LA might have to put three or four up, which is definitely possible. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, like, um, like we talked earlier, they're, they're definitely a team to watch. That's a that's another tough one too, because his numbers take into account a lot of past data. And San Jose, specifically after their coaching change, has been a whole different team. So that's, that's maybe one um, to just kind of keep an eye on there. And both teams actually play in the U.S. Open Cup in midweek as well. So there is possible rotation in that game. Um, so yeah, that's a tough one, but that's his, that's his, uh, by the numbers, that's the best value of the weekend. He says sporting Kansas city are sharing the bottom of the Western conference with Vancouver, who they welcome to mercy park next week. There's some hope for Kansas city as they sit fourth in the home advantage table with a 41% improvement. Vancouver have lost five from five on the road with a minus 11 goal differential dust off those Kansas city stacks and play them this weekend. Um, Kansas City to win in the betting markets and loading them up for Soro. What do you think about that that pick, Nicholas? Kansas City hosting Vancouver. Do you think it's time to play some SKC guys? Yeah, yeah. Vancouver is is very very uh, is very tough for them to to get results away. So uh, I, I would go to with uh, with Kansas City too, and um, hopefully they they have everybody healthy in the front line because it's uh, it's kind of uh, of tough for the moment but maybe it would be the time to to let Sionis uh, start the game and I really really like the the this player so I, I would go with Kansas hoping that uh, Sionis will uh, will start the game 
while we have you, by the way, can you give us an update on on those Kansas City front three guys? Because I think they've all been banged up this year. Um, Salloway, yeah. Shelton, and, and Russell. Is there are any of them back or any of them not playing? Where, where are we at with those guys? Hello, he's, he's suspended for the game tonight. Um, and we still haven't heard from the uh, MLS disciplinary committee uh, about uh, additional uh, suspension games because the 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 red card that he received uh, last game was uh, more than um, than logical. Yeah, that um, was a wild fight. That uh, was wild. And he, he could he could uh, he could be suspended one, two, or maybe three games uh, more. Um, Russell, we we uh, we we learned uh, this week that he is playing with pain uh, for weeks now. So you you know Johnny Russell. Uh, he is a fighter. He is the the captain of the team, and he he would almost die on the pitch for for the for the for the team. So I don't know if he if he will uh, continue playing with pain, but at some point, it, it could be uh, it could be necessary to to let him rest uh, a little bit. So uh, it's a uh, it's a bit in up in the air to to know if he if he will play all the all the games um, that uh, Kansas has to play this month. Last one is yeah. uh, Kyrie Shelton. Uh, he, I, I personally not I'm not a big fan of uh, of Kyrie Shelton. Uh, but he seems to have the uh, the the coach's confidence, so yeah. he's starting uh, nearly uh, each game. Uh, he has a, a small problem too; it was uh, unavailable uh, uh, in the midweek game, and I don't know if he if he will start uh, if he will start tonight. Yeah, I know all about Shelton because I own his super rare card, one of the two that I still okay. own. And I cannot sell him at all. Um, yeah, he's he's not on the pitch. He's actually not a horrible player, but sower wise, he is horrible. He is just trash. Uh, he never scores, which is so weird from a number nine. Like he never scores or assists, and his all around is just is horrible. He does a lot of a lot of things well, like off the ball and providing pressure and that kind of thing, but that's just not picked up by the matrix. No um, one can ever- how long to never accuse you of uh, pumping your own cards there, mate? <laughs> yeah, no. Just knock his price down by twenty uh, percent. He he is listed at one ETH if you want him. <laughs> um, right, no, yeah, he's he's trash. Yeah, I had a question, Nicholas, because um, I'm looking at the Chicago lineups now, and no Tati Castellanos for New York was that a known thing or? Yeah, yeah, he's he's suspended. Because yeah. he, he picked up his fifth uh, yellow card um, oh. in the midweek. Okay, well, I heard he I heard he might be linked to um, the mighty Hammers, West Ham. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I heard right. it too, but I think that he will be linked to a lot of clubs uh, in the next weeks. Yeah, he, he's definitely moving this summer. This is no I, way I think so. Yeah. I think so. No way he doesn't move. Um, okay, so predictology. Here we go. We're we're back on track. What an what an enigma the Red Bulls are proving this year. Top of the away table with five wins and a draw. Bottom of the home table with four draws and two defeats. Yeah, that is so weird. Uh, DC have one one on the road from four so far and didn't fare much better last year, getting just three wins and ten away mat ten away defeats. Um, 
He's going for the Red Bulls to secure their first win of the season, which is not a good way to earn brownie points with me. Picking our biggest rivals in a game against us is a bold strategy there, John, but we'll uh, we'll give it to him anyway. So he's taking Red Bulls. What do you think about that matchup there, Nashi? Good. I mean, I'm scared to go against you too. But I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of caught me off guard. But yeah, I mean, I fancy New York, mate. I'm sorry. I mean, Fountas... Fountas has been been lively, like we said, though. So you've always got that spark. You've got that bit of hope. Um, I should ask you, how are you feeling? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you see something in the game for yourselves? Or are you, you with John? I mean, I, I am feeling more optimistic than maybe I was a week or two ago. But we still should have beat Toronto at home. I mean, the tough thing is that, like, Toronto is not a bad team. Like, any... I was talking about this with somebody the other week. Like there are no bad teams in, in the MLS this year. Like the top and the bottom of the league are, are separated by like 12 points, which is absolutely absurd. Um, there's just no easy wins. There's no easy games. And DC are definitely not good. They're not, you know, they're not where we want them to be. That being said, Red Bulls are so young. They're just so in, like he said, they're so inconsistent. Five wins in a draw away, four draws and two defeats at home. That's just pure youthful inconsistency. And maybe there is something to going on the road and spoiling the other team's day that they just enjoy. But I do think we can actually get something from this game or at least be, be pretty close because there's just, and also they just beat us in the open cup. So they're still playing open cup and we're not. So they're potentially, they have to rest some of their players and potentially we may not have to. Um, I don't know. Nicholas would probably know the, the projected lineups a little bit better than I would, but and we'll probably honestly have to wait till Open Cup to see what kind of lineup they play. But I assume they started their normal starters in the Open Cup game against us, and we rested our players. So I assume they're going for the Open Cup. Um, so maybe we'll have a chance to to nick a point from there. But um, but yeah, I, I I can definitely I, I, see how I the I can see how the smart you know the logical side of me says New York should be the favorite in this game. Go ahead, Nicholas. No, you, you you got a point with the U.S. Uh, Open Cup because uh, Red Bulls. Uh, seems to to they seem to to take it very seriously they they always uh line up their strongest uh starting 11 or or nearly uh so th- this could be the key uh for for next week's game because uh it could be that they have to play 120 minutes too so uh yeah. they they could have to rest some players uh, and DC United will be will be well prepared and uh, and it's kind of of, of rivalry. Eh? Yeah. Bulls, oh yeah, that's uh, a defense, that's so. the biggest rivalry that we have. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, the so Atlantic this... Cup, it's called. But yeah, so they're they're playing Charlotte in the Open Cup, so that's not not necessarily an easy gimme, you know, lower league team. They're gonna have to actually try for that one. No, but they 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 will be tired at least a little bit. So. It could be it could be a draw for me. There we go. That's how you win brownie points. You take notes, John. <laughs> Always pick DC to at least get the draw. Um, but that is this week's um, games of the week presented by Predictology. You can find all the links to all of their stuff in the show notes. We have a special like page that you go to for our listeners. So it's it's really cool partnership that we've got going on with Predictology. Um, that is all of the topics that i had for this week do you guys have anything else that you want to add nashi um i'm gonna put a prediction out there a bold one i want to hear what you guys think Uh oh chicago sitting bottom of the conference what is the what what price would you give me from them making the playoffs we might, might have an on-air bet here. 
Because I think they're going to do it. What price would they make the playoffs at? Maybe, maybe John has a, maybe John can come back to me next week. But I got I, I just think that they've obviously been terrible. But like you said, like, I think there's something like maybe 10-ish points separating the whole division. And they just can't, they've, they've just had like so many last minute, like, conceded goals to drop points so far. And they've just never had their full strongest lineup. And now Jairo Torres is getting up to speed. They brought Mueller in and he seems to hit the ground kind of running. Um, Shakiri seems fit. He starts every game, which I was a bit worried about um, him coming over. So he seems in good shape. He seems up for it. Casper's um, just coming back from an injury. Um, yeah, I don't know. It might be the optimist in me. You might be able to talk some sense out of me, but I kind of, oh, I kind of, so, I don't know. It's, so, feeling uh, yeah, go ahead, Nicholas. Away. They are only five points away from uh, from a playoff spot, uh, but I, I think that Nashi got a point, uh, saying that they brought Müller. Uh, they also brought uh, Jairo Torres, uh, which uh, who has been uh, playing uh, in the midweek game. Uh, so it, it's so so close uh, between number uh, number seven and number fourteen. That's Everything is possible, and I think that we we had last year uh, some uh, some teams who were in bad uh, in bad position in the beginning of the season, and uh, and they made uh, they made playoffs uh, at the end. So it's it's a it's a very uh, open league. MLS it's also a big difference uh, with uh, with European competitions. Is that you you get the sensation that Everybody could be uh, in the playoff or, or or nearly everybody, but but yeah. look, e- even Miami is not so far away. So that's where, that's where that's where my my point comes from is every from a Chicago perspective. Just looking at your team, I don't think you're you're wrong. I I, I mean they could potentially have the pieces to make a run at the playoffs. My concerns are. So does everybody else outside of maybe Miami. I'm still not bought in on Miami. That's the only team at this point in the season. That's the only team where I'm sitting here thinking this team will not make the playoffs this year. I could even see San Jose making it. I could see Vancouver making it. Yeah. I could see Charlotte potentially making it with how good they are at home. Um, Miami's the only team I could not see making it. How So that means that all of these teams have good chances and you get one, you know, Shakiri goes down for a month does that end the season you know does that cripple you for that month where you know you don't have anybody to replace them you're bringing in Jairo Torres you got Chris Miller in but is there anybody behind them like do you do you really trust Ivanov or Herbers if one of those guys goes down to really come in and, and play so that's that's where I'm a little uh you guys, you guys are so you guys are so nice and diplomatic I honestly kind of put that out there as a bit of a reel I thought I was gonna get slated on that one but you guys were very diplomatic, like I said. So I, pre- I appreciate that. You give me some, give me some hope. But I mean, I don't uh, think you have no hope. I just don't think it'll happen. You know? <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not going to say it can't happen. Points too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Well, I mean, what if he moves over the summer and doesn't get loaned back? That's another big yeah, deal. You know, I don't trust that, that defense problem, yeah. at all if Slonina's gone. So I mean, there's just so many things that can happen that can derail it. But I'm not going to sit here and say no, it can't happen. Because then once I say that, it'll happen for sure. They'll definitely I'm, I'm, make the playoffs. I'm saying DC, no chance. Chicago, <laughs> in. Ouch. That's, it's on record. Ouch. 
All right, oh, that's it for me. Nicholas, you got anything uh, anything to add, anything to look forward to, any bold predictions you want to make? No, I, I'm I'm really appreciated to be to be here with you guys. So uh, so thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a it was a pleasure, and thank you for taking the time to uh, to come out on the show and, and get everything started. Um, but that's going to be it for the episode this week. Have a great week, guys. Thank you.